Welcome to Catch and Release, a podcast project undertaken by more than 100 English 12 students from Sir Winston Churchill Secondary in Vancouver, BC. In these episodes, you'll be hearing about their memories, big moments from their lives, their regrets, and their dealings with mental health. We hope that after catching these stories, you find a way to release what's holding you back. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome to our podcast, Walk to Future. This is the people's stories and the people's journey. This is our struggle through many rough hurdles and the happy times which came with it. We're here to share it all. Today the interviewees will be me and Zoe. I hope you guys enjoy. Hi, I'm a podcast project from Winston Churchill and our topic is the people's story and how they overcome obstacles in their life. Is it okay if I interview you and this interview might be posted online? Yeah, sure, no problem. All right, thank you, let's start. First question, have you ever had a point in life where you felt uh, kind of lost? Um, probably quite a lot. Um, when I was a kid, I had pretty bad grades. I was kind of clumsy, like I could walk into a wall without realizing it. I guess my mom used to scold me a lot. And back then, I didn't know English too well, and my Chinese, I spoke a dialect of it. So because of that, I didn't have many friends either at school, and my teachers often called my mother in to tell them about what was going on, saying I was a bit of a problem child. And I just kind of felt a little bit hopeless, I didn't know where I was going. And. As a result, my mom made me try out a bunch of classes, like drawing, piano, math, but I kind of sucked at all of them, to be honest. When I was 10 years old, I remember the first painting I did for my mom in drawing class. She threw it in the trash and she cried because she said it was so bad and that I had no talent. I felt kind of guilty that my mother was working so hard for the money to pay for my classes, even though I wasn't doing good in any of them. When she was teaching me math, she would get mad after I get one answer wrong. And it just felt kind of bad, felt like I wasn't good at anything. And overall, I became pretty uninterested. Some days it felt like I didn't really matter to my mom, and I was really desperate for her attention. But I always felt like my mom liked my sister more because she had more conversations with her while she never really talked with to me. And I kind of hated my sister for that, but she was also like a second mother to me and I couldn't ever hate her for long. My sister was pretty perfect. My mo- that's probably why my mother loved her. She could play piano, she could play the guzhen, she was good at reading, she was good at writing. Her English was perfect, good at math, and I always looked up to her. I remember watching the days I used to watch her draw. I guess maybe it's because of that I felt like I'd never match up to her, so I kind of gave up trying. Uh, In your answers, you've been talking a lot about your mother and your sisters, and uh, they 
affect a lot of your passes. And my next question is, how did you manage to come over your families, especially your mothers and influences? Well, I had to say that they really did influence me a lot. My mother was like a god, my god. She sheltered me, cared for me, and she was this respectable adult that I always、mm. saw. While my sister was like my goal and my idol, she was everything I wanted to be. It kind of just felt a little bit hard when my mother never really cared for me, and she used to tell me stories about how back in China she used to be a respectable engineer, while my dad was a computer specialist, and how when they found out I was going to be born, the second child, they planned to give me away to my uncle. But instead, they chose to come to Canada, where my mother ended up becoming a waitress and a toy warehouse worker instead, and my dad lost his job and began to lock himself away at home. So when they started to when they started to fight every single day, I kind of felt like it was my fault for being born, because if I wasn't born, they would have stayed in China and they could have their good life. And I could I could remember a lot of things from my childhood, like at one point where the entire family rented one basement, where we shared with what a white guy, and all of us slept in one room together on the same bed. And I guess recalling those memories made me regret it even more. I began to regret even being alive. And maybe it's because of that that I was like always so out of it as a child. I was constantly afraid at home. I threw a lot of tantrums, and I was generally a bit unhappy. But you see, during one tantrum I had with my mother one day, she cried and she said she told me that I was the blessing she, the only blessing she had from coming to Canada. And well, I guess that changed a lot. Truthfully, even now, I gotta say I have never really managed to overcome my family's influence, because they play such a huge part of my life. And even now, with my grades up and my life together, sometimes I become afraid of failing. I realize that I realize that things were really hard for my mother back then. She really, she definitely did care for me, and most likely she was probably scolding me out of her stress. But even so, I feel afraid of failing. I'm I feel afraid of being like seen as garbage by my mother, and like being being inferior to my sister. The other day, my mother jokingly said to me. She started joking about the past, saying, "Back then, I told myself I'd have to be God blessed if I wanted both my children to be bright and smart." And I should be gl- glad I only had one, even had one. She said she was willing to deal with me not being too smart, and I kind of laughed it off. At the same time, it really scared me. Like, what if I never changed? So while I really haven't overcome their influence, I've managed to change my perspective. So working hard and staying optimistic, I've managed to keep it minimal. I've also learned that. Instead of working hard to just keep my mother happy, while it's a huge, like part for me, I have to say that another huge thing for myself now is working hard to satisfy myself rather than just my family.
if I like for example if I failed a chem test my first reaction wouldn't be oh my mom's gonna be sad my first reaction is oh wow I should have tried harder myself I feel that you've changed a lot from your past self and uh, how do you manage to get better um everything was a series of ups and downs and it's pre- very hard to pinpoint where exactly I started to change I'm pretty sure everyone is like that and no one has an exact area where that caused them to change it's all the little things that happen there was the people who helped me out and there was the people who never helped me out and I remember as a child I used to ask for help quite a bit when I was around 7 to 10 years old I used to ask help from adults all the time and most of the time it was about my home situation where I didn't feel too too comfortable but probably because I was a child I wasn't able to convey it too well and I guess the adults probably just shrugged it off saying it was a just a ungrateful child who couldn't appreciate their parents there were some even some adults whom I told that I didn't really want to live anymore but that often just resulted in me getting labeled as a problem child or yeah so I guess nobody ever really takes a kid that seriously when they say something like that um, so eventually I guess I became afraid of asking help for help and because my teachers kept calling my mother in she eventually told me to stop talking about it years later in grade 11 I sat in the counseling office after I broke down after an argument with my dad uh, stress had caught up to me and I guess some pretty unpleasant things had been going down at home well I guess first of all my grades really stressed me out I had a I had, was taking all three of the sciences along with pre-calc 12 and honestly my grades just weren't as good as they were back in grade 10 at the same time my parents my family was arguing a lot and as a result of that I had seven of my pet birds killed and I also overheard my mother on the phone one day saying my grandmother jumped off the hospital roof even though I wasn't too sure whether she was alive or not it wasn't said I felt really awful about it and that day I had an argument with my dad because he threw my alarm clock away that morning I felt like I just broke down and I couldn't stop crying and when I got to school um, I still wasn't able to stop and I honestly felt like something was kind of wrong with me but that morning I had a chem, chem quiz and I knew that if I missed it Mr. Ho would not let it go as you guys probably know about him so I felt like I had no choice I went up to him and I told him I was going to go to the bathroom it was kind of it felt kind of embarrassing that he saw me crying and it but I figured that he'd probably just brush it off and forget about it uh, after I stopped crying I managed to fix myself up I made it so that it didn't look like I cried anymore and I went back to the room like nothing had happened. I figured I'd be able to stay for the rest of the class, but the moment I went in, it turns he tells me, I called the counselor, you have to go there right now. 
So when I went there, I think I stayed there for nearly, nearly two hours. And during that time, I think I blew off years of my stress in one go. I was pretty surprised because I found out that there were people willing to listen. There were people willing to help. And I was really surprised that people weren't laughing at me for feeling troubled. And at the same time, while I was um, blurting my head out to Johnston, I was thinking about two things. First of all, maybe if people helped me out when I was younger, the stress would have never blown up at this point. And two, why was I stupid enough to let things go from, like, why was I stupid enough to let things from so long ago prevent me from asking for help now? A week later, after that event, I found out that my grandpa had died, and my mother had to rush back to China, where she left me, my sister, and my dad alone at home. And because my sister and my dad weren't having a very good relationship at that time, I figured they, my sister started staying out more, and winter break started. Um, my sister wasn't home too often. I. And I had to take more work shifts because I just didn't feel like staying at home. So on, here I was working on Christmas and Christmas Eve. And I guess the loneliness made me realize how much worse I probably would have been off if I never got help from the counselor back then. This year, I also began to look for a lot of scholarships. Every teacher I asked for reference were so ha kind to me, and some of them even went out of their way to find even more scholarships for me to, to apply for. And truthfully, I felt so touched that I wanted to cry sometimes. And I'd like to thank all of the staff at Churchill for being such amazing people, for being the people who helped me out through tough times, and just, just for being cool in general. And I'd like to say, that as a child, I had a lot of friends. Well, when my English got better, that is. And I think a lot, many of them had parents who were divorced, and many of them had parents living in a different country. And they often told me that I was extremely blessed, that I had both my parents at the time. And here I was a year, a year ago, after I walked out the counselor's event, uh, counselor's office, when I talked with my best friend, and I decided to open up to her, tell her what was what was wrong, and the first thing she said to me was, "I knew it. I knew something was wrong, and I was waiting for you to tell me all this time, because I was so worried about you." And now I realized, there's all these people out there who's willing to help. There's like. And like, I was just too afraid because of the people who didn't help me in the past. And in the end, I just ended up making people worry about me. And other than that, there's the good times and the bad times that affected me. And like, little changes that made living a little bit easier. There's like, there was the day that my dad left. And there's, and then like, he took the car with him. And then there was the day when my mother decided to buy a $500 red car off of Vansky. And I remember my sister and I laughing at it really hard because the radio was pulled out, the windows were broken, and the side mirrors were duct taped back on. 
But at the same time, I remember all the times where we were we sat managed to sit inside the car comfortably, and all the day the days we were driving by Safeway, and like it was just good memories. It felt like it was a symbol of hope, and at the same time, after my dad left, I decided, hey, I kind of wanted to try drawing again. And it turns out, I'm actually not too bad at it. And I remember showing it to my mother that day, and she got so shocked that she just stood there and did nothing but smile. And I realized there was all these little symbols of hope coming in. So while there were all these sorts of bad things happening, if I put my mind to it, I could really find a lot of good things. So, and then there was all all these other changes that happened, like. We managed to find, uh, we managed to get an apartment, and it was just so better, so much better compared to those days that we lived in a basement all day. And then my mother managed to become changed from a toy house, toy warehouse worker, to a travel agent. And seeing this, it made me realize all this hard work my mother was putting into changing our lives, and that I had to try my hard, my best myself. So. By working hard, I managed to slowly bring up my grades, from fifth grade to grade seven. And the moment I turned fifteen, I got a job, and I was just trying my best to improve my life overall. There were the days where I did feel a little bit depressed from work. I had coworkers talking behind my back, saying I was probably working at fifteen because I was too dumb for school. But then there was also the day where I got my paycheck for the first time, and I realized I could buy anything. And then I remembered the days where I slept on the couch because my father gave away my mattress to the woman, to another woman that he told me that he should have married instead. And then there was the day that I managed to buy a bunk bed with my sister with our own hard work money. And all these changes, it just felt kind of overpowering. And I didn't want to end stop it. There was the me like, really, it wasn't just a straight path. Like you, like I've said earlier, I did break down at the at the counselors last year, but I think right now I'm a pretty optimistic person. So yes, there's ups and downs, and honestly, I think people should remember all of them, all the ups and downs. It shouldn't just be ups, and it shouldn't just be. The sad things, and well, there was there's a clear difference to, from the past me and the me now. I have to say, the me back then was probably a little bit depressing. I don't think I was that great of a person, and but like it's really hard to say where I began to change, isn't it? There's all these good things that happened. That probably just slowly changed me one by one. Um. So you have been talking about uh, you in the past and the present. How about future? Do you have any plans for the future? Oh yeah. Well, the future.、Uh, a long time ago, I used to think that maybe I didn't have much of a future because I wasn't really good at anything. But right now, I'm actually pretty optimistic about it all. Like, I've managed to apply to four places. 
I have gotten into all of them, which is a huge confidence boost. And I just plan to work hard. I applied for engineering. I know it's going to be hard. And I know that there's probably going to be lots of times where I'm going to break down thinking that the school is way too hard. But at the same time, I know for sure that I'm going to get my way through it because through hard work and staying optimistic, I think I can I can do it. Uh even I'm always open to different like different career choices. I think are all sorts of STEM courses, they're all really cool. So, I'm willing to be quite flexible. Oh, okay. So, at last, do you have anything to say to the audience before we end this interview? Uh, yeah. I guess I got to say that um no matter how hard things are at the moment, I know that everyone's going through their own struggles. Um, look up. Things always get better. I know that things were improving for myself for sure. And things don't improve on their own. Sometimes you have to work hard for it. Like for example, no matter how much my mother improved our lives, I think my life would never have improved if I didn't bother to change myself. And if you ever felt afraid from those who rejected you, just remember that there are many others who are willing to help you and there's many others who care. And there's help out there and you can get it. There's the counselors, there's helplines. Just do it. Don't hurt yourself by not telling anyone. Because when my life started improving, I didn't even and like I just got to say that when my life started improving, I didn't even realize it was improving. It was only that when I started to look back and compared it to my current life that I realized, wow, everything changed a lot. And I think that sometimes maybe you should take some time to look back and appreciate all these changes that have happened to you. And I guess I wish everyone good luck and everyone has the power to change their own lives. Goodbye. Thank you. Okay, so that's enough about me. Let's get to know a bit more about Zoe. Truthfully speaking, I guess she comes off to me as a bit of a quiet person. The really diligent type with good grades and lots of overall talent, I guess. I'm sure there's a lot of other people who think that way. She really gives off the vibes. And I'd like to hear a bit more about her story. I'd like to hear a bit about how you became that way. Do you mind sharing it with us? After hearing from a bunch of other people, I think it's time for me to talk a little bit about myself. I came from a simple family, with my grandparents, my parents, and I. I could remember the time when we lived in the country. I spent most of my time with my grandparents. They were the ones who played with me, fed me, and put me to bed every day. Once in a while in the morning or night, I see my mom or dad coming home or leaving to somewhere. My grandma told me that I need to work hard for the family. I didn't think much. To me, having my grandparents was already enough. I didn't know why they looked so distressing when they talked about my parents. And one day, suddenly, my mother stopped living so early anymore. Instead, my father took her to the hospital every week. They brought me those black and white pictures to look at. Now I know those are X-ray films. I still remember their fight. 
screaming and crying. But in the end, when I came out of the closet, my father was always holding my mother, madness in her eyes. I could never get used to them. She turned normal in daytimes, and told me that she was sick. When I asked what kind of sickness would need full body treatment, she said that she had been feeling ill every place. My father said there are no sickness that make you just feel sick, but the doctor can examine it out. Later, it was found out to be postnatal depression after giving birth to me. Ever since I found this interesting to draw, the wall of me and my parents' bedroom became my sketchbook, and they even asked my younger cousin to join me. She said we can draw down our favorite person, so I drew my auntie. She was the girlfriend of my father's younger brother, and every time she came to visit, her smell makes me happy for days. My uncle treated me very well too. He was my second favorite person. Every time when Grandpa talks about his three sons, although he never said, but I knew he's most proud of his youngest son, who was studying abroad in Canada. Under my grandpa's influences, I believe that Canada is a much better place than China, so I wanted to follow my uncle's path badly, and it became worse when I got older. Obviously, my grandma also think I was talented in art. She spoke to my parents after punishing me for making a mess. I didn't know what they said, but the next day my mother took me to an art class. That was the first time I saw so many people. I felt extremely uncomfortable being in the room with such a crowd. I got headache and breathing problems at the third attendance, and my mother asked me to stop faking sick. It's painful when your closest relatives were doubting you. I guess. That was how my mother felt when my father can't bear the stress and had to question her illness. But I really wasn't faking. I couldn't breathe. One night they finally took me to the hospital, and I was diagnosed with allergic asthma. It wasn't such a little disease, but my mother stressed out for it. She sort of blamed herself for not taking care of me. Seriously, her reaction to my asthma was even worse than myself. She became overprotective and wouldn't let me go anywhere out of her or my dad's sight. I was forced to stay at home for two more years when it was the age for me to go to the elementary school, and of course, no more art classes too. I was even scared of drawing for a long period of time. I became my mother's glass doll. I ate what she fed, dressed how she liked, and listened to all her demands. But she still suspected everything. When I finally went to school, we moved to a new community, which is closer to the school location. But the new Finnish house had a strong smell. She said it was a smell of metalhead and benzene, which are harmful to human body. Every day, I could hear the complaints and the fighting of her and dad. My mother's mental state was getting worse every day, along with my situation. I feel I was more allergic to their fighting than some gases in the air. The weekends were such a relief for me since I can go back to the countries to visit my grandparents. Can anyone imagine how they felt when I woke up in the midnight because a heavy spear was against my back, or some person was standing and staring me from the behind? That was my mother do every time when she can't sleep because of her insomnia. I knew she was simply worrying about my health. My dad knew that too, so we just grinned and bared it.
Then we moved again and again, but there were always problems. And I transferred to different schools almost once a year. Because of that, I haven't really made any friends. I guess I can blame myself for not knowing how to communicate with people. At the last year of elementary school, I feel that I can't bear with it anymore. I started to seek for freedom and independence. My mother couldn't understand me, so we fought a lot. Actually, both me and my dad are quite person, but my mother is the opposite. Our fight always ends with my mother crying and blaming me for her sickness, though we didn't know what she had was depression. So I felt wronged. Our relationship was getting worse every day, along with both of our health state. Eventually, I graduated from elementary school with a bad grade. That was when my grandfather suggested me to study abroad. I didn't think much and agreed. I knew my grandpa always wanted me to come to Canada, just like his youngest son, my uncle, did. And I felt that my mother and I really need some space in between. Both of my grandparents went to get my mother's permission, and surprisingly, she didn't reject it. I guess she sort of realized that I have to be an independent person at some point, or it's just an excuse for her to get rid of me. I don't know. Anyways, when I was thirteen years old, I came to Canada. And I studied and lived with my uncle for the first few years. I had my own bedroom and personal space, which I eagerly for. But I didn't feel more relief. The people there were so energetic and passionate. I can't fit in them at all. At the same time, I didn't know how to manage my freedom. So my auntie assigned me a lot of housework, and my uncle suggested me to try a bunch of new stuff at school. I did what they told me. I joined clubs, sport teams, school bands, and even traveled around a bit. From the video calls of my grandparents, I knew that my mother was diagnosed with postnatal depression, and she started to take medicines. Later in the year, she can already talk to me in a calm and reasonable way. We both apologized for our mistakes, and she told me that she had found a new job. The day was getting brighter. I was so thankful of my grandpa and uncle who gave me the chance to study abroad. What I haven't realized was, as an international student, my family can barely afford my tuition, housing fee, plus living expenses. But they never mentioned the cost. Not until my little cousin accidentally spelled that my father had to rely on loans to pay operation fee for his cholecystitis surgery. He had been the most hardworking, supportive, and loving husband and father. But when he was suffering, I took the money for what? Pushing them away. That's when I decided not to worry about me at all. I was really by myself when I left my uncle's place and moved to here. I can't work for money, so I just saved every cent I could. I thought I would be happy if I work hard and eventually be like my uncle. But I'm not really good at studying, and I can't focus on multiple tasks, so I quit all my extracurricular activities. For the whole grade one school year, I did nothing but study. I didn't learn to communicate with anyone. Or try to settle down at this new place. In that year, I limited all my allowances, which in the end, I had a huge decrease in living expenses as well as body weight. My asthma, which was never treated since the first day I came to Canada, was back again. But I concealed it from them. I thought I did the right thing for me and my family. But when I went back to visit my grandparents in my hometown, my grandpa teared with a guilty look. I didn't understand why he was suddenly talking about stop letting me study abroad. I saw my grandpa really support my studying. 
He even used most of his pension deposit to pay my tuition. Was it because my final grade was lower than he expected? I really am not smart. It took me long enough to get off the detours and finally realized that all my family wanted was my happiness and health. My grandma told me that three years ago, my mother agreed to let me come to Canada because the doctor said that the air condition here is better for my health. Now I know that my mother was right. I should be blamed for our family's trouble. What if I told them about my feelings? What if I bear with my mother's illness? What if I realized how they loved me and how blessed I was to have all my loved ones alive? And now, the fifth years of my studying abroad, I'm 18. It's now a year late for me to realize all that. I learned to take it easy when bad things happen and keep myself optimistic. Also, I'm trying my best to learn how to talk. I'm graduating this year, and there's still a long way to go. And I know that whichever way I turn, my family will always support me for my choice. I think I want to study psychology, and eventually can help the people with the same struggle as I did at some point. And by the way, I picked up my artist soul and started drawing again. It's as fun as I remembered. In the end of my monologue, but not the end of my story. I like to say that it's extremely important to let other people know about your feelings. And in order to express them in a way others can understand, we also need to know how to communicate. There's nothing wrong with being angry or sad, but never let them to manipulate you. You can always build them out somehow. And when you need help, just go get them. Okay, so I'd like to say that I'm actually pretty amazed right now. While we both have pretty different stories, I think we do share quite a bit of similarities. I would have never guessed that's why you're such a hard worker. Thanks for sharing so much with us, Zoe. Okay, so I hope our stories have managed to sink into everyone's hearts, rather than it seeming like we were just complaining about our lives. We wanted to show that things can change no matter how bleak things seem. Stay strong, people. You're strong, smart, and you're you. Don't let people tell you otherwise. I'd also like to give a good shout out to Zoe for creating our amazing poster. As you can see, she is an amazing artist. And I'd also like to give another big thanks to my friends from Etude, a music group in Toronto, for letting us use their music in our podcast. Their stuff is amazing, and if you think so too, please don't stop yourself from going to support them. Their YouTube link is in our blog. So that's it guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and see you next time.